Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. Life isn't about avoiding bruises. It's about embracing your scars and living to the fullest. We wanted to open this episode with this quote because Nicole Amatoro always does such a beautiful job of showing us how embracing every part of us leads to a fuller and happier life. You might remember Nicole from a few weeks ago. We were so glad to see that you guys loved what she had to say as much as we do, so we had her back on as soon as we could. Nicole talked about how leaving her ex-husband was reflected back to her by her kids as her modeling the positive behavior of self-love. And that's what this episode is all about. Self-love is so important as you heal, and Nicole explains why it's so necessary if you want to reach that thriving status that you keep reading about on social media to embrace self-love. You'll be able to find Nicole in our Facebook group or at worthy.com slash podcasts and work with her one-on-one to help create the love that you deserve in your life if you feel like that's missing. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure you subscribe to keep up with new episodes we're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so join our Facebook group, Worthy Women and Divorce, to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more at worthy.com slash podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Nicole. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more. If you are a fan of our podcast, you know how much I loved having Nicole Amatoro on talking about how it's okay to want a divorce and the way that your divorce can leave your kids if you're embracing self-love. And I was so happy to see that you guys love Nicole as much as I did. Her episode is getting downloaded like crazy and you are interacting with her in our new Facebook group and we just had to have her back on as soon as possible. And so I'm so excited to welcome Nicole back to the podcast. Hi, Audrey. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we just adore you, and we're so excited to do this episode. So we are going to be talking about self-love today and how you can attract love into your life. Nicole is a professional at this. She's a personal growth and a self-love coach. She is the person to turn to if you are looking to be happier with who you are and to be happier with the relationships in your own life. So I'm really excited that we're doing this episode. I know people are dying to hear more about this and about what you do. So let's get started. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about what does it mean to become the kind of person who you want to have in your life? What, what is this this phrase all about? So it's funny. The first thing I think of is when I was younger, I remember watching Jerry Maguire, if you're familiar with that movie. Uh-huh. And what the famous words in there were, Renee Zellweger said to Jerry Maguire, like, you complete me. And I remember being young at the time and just thinking like, oh, Like, what do you need a guy to complete you for? Like, that's so pitiful. And everybody else, like, fell in love with the statement. And 
I would say that basically like sums up to me my practice and my theory and self-love that when you become, you know, a complete and whole person on your own, you're not looking for your, you know, your other half or your better half. Uh You're just looking for your equal because you know how to fulfill the missing gaps within yourself. You know how to make yourself happy. You know how to make yourself laugh and meet your needs and, You're not looking for that outside person to be, you know, successful or organized or a go-getter because you are that person. So self-love is you figuring out your, your stuff, you healing your wounds, your triggers, and then attracting a person that is your equal that has done the same or is willing to do the same. It doesn't mean that you enter in a relationship perfect because there is no perfect ever but it just means that you're aware you're you know you're living consciously and you're aware and you're awake and you know first and foremost that the only person that can ever make you truly happy is going to be you and everybody else is just like the whipped cream and cherry on top yeah I keep thinking with what you're saying about like somebody else completing you. I'm thinking about, well, okay, so self-love, it, it basically suggests that you don't need somebody else to complete you. Your whole self is comprised of who you are. And when you can kind of develop a, a deeper understanding of all the parts of who you are, then you're happier or you're more full. And I'm I'm thinking back to the last episode that we did together and you were talking about, you know, everybody has their little kid inside of them that is informing who they are. And so I'm thinking about like, you know, that's definitely part of your wholeness, but also like, are we ever really whole? And like, can we complete ourselves? Like, what does it mean to be a full person even? Right. So like I said, like, you're never, you're never going to be perfect, right? right? Because think about like, life really is a journey. Like you come here to fulfill certain soul lessons, you know, for the evolution of your own soul and your growth. But to be whole, you know, is not perfect. It means that you're so self-aware that you know when you're being triggered. You Mm -hmm. know when, you know, you're being depleted. You know what, what your needs are and you are okay with asking for them and you're okay with giving them to yourself and, you know, putting boundaries up in certain situations and not accepting less than you deserve. And it's, a, you know, it's a whole mixture of it. And sometimes you're better at it than others. Right. So, you know, I'll be coaching my clients sometimes and I'm like, why am I, why am I not <laughs> able to do this right now? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, certain areas, obviously it's always a work in progress. You're always, you're always working to master, you know, the self, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just basically knowing that you're not perfect and that's okay. And that you are going to have ugly moments, right? right? And you have different pieces of yourself that you wish kind of sometimes didn't exist, but it's embracing those selves and accepting them and integrating them into who you are and loving them because knowing they've gotten you to where you are now, instead of trying to push those pieces away, right. you know, that ex- that accepted the abusive relationship or, you know, that didn't know how to speak up for herself or, you know, anything like that. So there really is never a perfect or a whole, right? Like mm-hmm. where you're completely, you know, perfect because it just doesn't exist. Right. 
I think when when you think about that phrase you're talking about from Jerry Maguire of you know, somebody coming in completing you, that's also like the idea that a relationship can be perfect or a person can be the missing piece from your life that's going to make it perfect. Yep. And it's it's like an unrealistic expectation both for, you know, how you see yourself and how you see your partner and like what kind of happiness you can have. Like that's not how it works. <laughs> exactly. And like that's what I tell my clients always when they come to me and they're like, you know, I haven't found anybody. I've been searching. I've been, you know, divorced for seven years and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, like what's, you know, let's see what's going on. If the person walks into your life right now, are you proud of what he's going to see? Are you proud of who you are? Or do you feel you have work to do? And they're always like, well, no, I, I definitely feel like I have work to do. And, and they always say, you know, I don't feel like I love myself enough. But consciously, they're like, but I do. But like, if you ask me if I love myself, obviously, I love myself. You know, that's what the hard part is. We don't realize like what that actually means and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. So I always say like, it's very easy to manifest love. Like it is. There's an abundance of men out there, you know, women, like you can manifest a, a partner very easily, actually. But it's like, what kind of partner do you want, right? right? So do you want a dependent relationship, you know, where he's filling the gaps within you and you're broken and you're relying on him to be everything you can't be? Or do you want to work on you, become that person, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel like they need somebody, but yet they just want somebody to share life with. And then you're creating a totally different kind of love, with two healthy individuals. Right. I'm just thinking about, you know, so many of the amazing women in our Facebook group who are sharing their stories. And I think like you were talking about how maybe you're finding somebody who you're going to be dependent on. And another, like the flip side of that is finding someone who's not going to be dependent on you. Like we hear from Mm -hmm. so many women who talk about, you know, he had this issue and this issue and like they felt like they were spending all their time trying to fix him or take care of him. And like, where does that fit into self-love? Right. It's funny. So self-love really is like, it's, it's messy and it's Uh sometimes, you know, like not pretty. So self-love is really looking at who you are. Like you said before, your inner child, right? So Uh what is it within you that you attracted someone that is basically suffocating you that you've learned to be unseen and insignificant Uh because you just put all his, you know, needs in front of yours. Right. And in that, it keeps you safe because that's what you know as a child. So a lot of times, you know, women that, that say, you know, they, they attracted a narcissist, right? Mm-hmm. You know, narcissist is very hard to define as a true narcissist, you know, by the like DSM. Okay. Right. But if you feel like in any relationship that you were left to feel unseen and insignificant, then that means that that's why you attracted a narcissist because what a narcissist is all about them. Right. Right. So, you look back into childhood and you're like, okay. And it's always this, always the case that the, you know, the woman has felt unseen and insignificant since she's a little girl. Unseen and insignificant means that, you know, somebody else's needs were always put before theirs mm-hmm. as a child. They learned to stay out of the way. They learned in order to get love, they have to kind of just be a good girl and, and take care of everybody else and not worry about themselves and put their needs last. Right. So then what do you do? It's energy. So right. you grow up and you're like, why am I attracting all these men that I have to take care of? Or, 
you know, that I think are wonderful in the beginning, because that's the thing they're like, what I don't understand in the beginning, they weren't like this, that how did I attract it? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter because energetically <laughs> you can't see energy. Right. Right. So energetically it's like the soul knows it's like familiar. It's like yeah. the relationships that you've already known how to operate in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's where your comfort level is. Right. So let me ask you a question because I was going through some of your articles when I was preparing for our chat today. Yes. And one of the things that I see you talk a lot about is protective barriers. And I think that kind of relates to what you're talking about right now. So give us a little bit of an overview of what protective barriers are and then Tell us a little bit about how we can identify what our own protective barriers might be and what to do about them. So protective barriers are kind of like contracts that you make with yourself as a little girl, okay? Because mm-hmm. you realize that you can't get your your needs met, okay? Uh-huh. So as a little girl, you're smart and you say to yourself, you're doing this unconsciously, of course, you know? Mm-hmm. If I keep having this need to be nurtured, and to be loved, then I'm going to basically die because it hurts too bad to not have it. So you contract that need out unconsciously and say, I don't need love. I could take care of myself. Done. Okay. Then, you know, you're, you're building this wall around you and your heart. So instead, what you start to do in your environment is you might act, you know, like nothing phases you, like you're a tough guy. Mm-hmm. You might answer back. You might rebel, blah, blah, blah. And then when you grow up, you have a hard time letting men in and you think that they're emotionally unavailable. But the truth of the matter is you're emotionally unavailable because Mm -hmm. having somebody that close to you is scary because all you knew was that you couldn't get love or love was unsafe. So you protect yourself and you attract men that you can't get close to that are emotionally unavailable, but it's only because it's keeping you safe from having to let down that guard to allow another person in that could potentially hurt you or not meet your needs because you don't even realize that as a little person, you said, I don't need to be loved. I got it. I could take care of myself. Right. And then women wonder why, like they're, they're just attracting men that don't support them, that aren't there for yeah. them, that are, you know, and it's just a cycle where you think like I'm the unlucky one when that's really not the case. I, I had a client yesterday, which was like the most amazing thing. It was the first time, you know, she had bought my Heal in 21 course, and that's Mm -hmm. a digital course that you do on your own. And with it, you can upgrade, you know, to sessions with Mm -hmm. me. So she upgraded a package and she had a session with me. And she's like, I really tried to do this on my own, but I really think I, you know, I need some guidance and I need help with this because, you know, all of this is coming up for me. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because it's like, as soon as you start working on your stuff, (laughs) it like intensifies because you're asking the universe, what do I need to do to heal basically? And I want to unblock whatever's blocking me. Yeah. Like identify what these barriers are. Okay. Exactly. And the universe gives them to you. It's like here and then, and then we're just, you know, on overload because we're like, why is it the stuff coming up? I feel it so more intently, blah, 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 but it's really happening for you. So you could see Mm -hmm. what needs to come up to, to be healed. So as we're talking, She's going through, you know, one of the activities that she already did in the course. And I was giving her my take on, you know, her upbringing and blah, blah, blah. And it was so parallel to what she was attracting in the present day. Wow. To who she was when she was younger. Like literally two specific things that was like so exact. And she was like so excited by it because 
she was like, this is like amazing because now I can create what I want. Yeah. I mean, you, you like gave her the opportunity to remove some of those barriers, which is like literally liberating and it has to feel so freeing and amazing. That's she celebrated like that night. She sent me a picture of her, you know, with her glass of wine or beer or whatever she had. And she's like, I'm cheers, you know, cheers to myself, my new life. But it was amazing because I saw this, this woman just like completely shift right in front of my very eyes. Because she realized, she said, how do I, if I've never gotten what I wanted in life, how do I think I can then? Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's an amazing question, right? Because we're like, oh, you know, use an affirmation, like, oh, I get what I want. Like, yeah, that's great. But how do you actually believe it too? Uh Why why are you using it? So I said to her, I was like, look at how powerful you are. Look at you created. You created circumstances in your life by men you attracted to feel exactly how you felt in childhood you're a pretty damn good manifester. And we started laughing. She's like, yeah, now I just need to learn how to do it for my good. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now look at what you created that you didn't want, like celebrate today. Cause now like you have the, your whole life, you're going to create everything you do want by reversing these patterns from childhood and your little girl and engaging in the self-love. And, you know, of course that night she messaged me, she's like, okay, I need to work one-on-one with you. <laughs> so it was amazing though. Cause I saw her shift right in front of my very eyes. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about like this awareness, because I think that's something that you talk a lot about also, like why it's so important to be self-aware and to be living in awareness. And so, but I, th- I think in her case, you know, these, these barriers, you know, you put them up as kind of a defense mechanism and you live your life. And because that's, you know, part of who you are, it leads to, you know, maybe picking the wrong person or, you know, making your communication style more difficult, whatever it is. But being able to know those things about yourself, I think like it for her, it like gave her the opportunity to love herself more. So it's, it's almost like, like you have to take a step down before you can take a step up. (laughs) Right. You have, you have to feel to heal. That's Mm -hmm. what I always say. I like that feel to heal. Yeah. And that's the truth because, you know, we think we're functioning and operating and we're okay with everything that happened. Remember, you don't have to have this like crazy messed up childhood to uh-huh. have wounds and child, you know, right. trauma. Okay. So we all have our stuff. So we go around thinking like, oh, I dealt with that. Oh, I dealt with this. Like things come up all the time in my sessions with clients. Like, you know, I had something come up with a client the other day around a pregnancy that, that she ended up, you know, getting, having a miscarriage and Mm. she, you know, she didn't realize that that was even there that needed, she had to heal that part of herself and things come up all the time in our sessions that you don't realize is even in the background, right? Yeah. It's like a dormant trauma. Yes, exactly. We're so good at convincing ourselves we're okay Mm -hmm. that we don't realize how it affected us. So the Mm -hmm. awareness part I always say that is your healing. Yeah. That is your healing, right? So it goes like this, like it's, you have the awareness, like my, I told you my client had, right? And it was like a shift instantly, right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, what happens is you're on a high because you have this awareness. And then what happens is you start to want to beat yourself up you know, for 
being who you are or accepting less right. than and blah, 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 you know? I, I know exactly the feeling you're talking about. And I think sometimes when you're like in the process of making a breakthrough or coming to terms with something that's really difficult about yourself is like so exhausting. And then, mm-hmm. okay, now you've done it, but like, it's not like the magic puzzle piece that was missing and now everything's complete. Like we're back to this idea of like, you're never going to be perfect. And it's it can yes. be so discouraging and so frustrating when you have a big moment like that and things don't automatically get better for you. Exactly. And that's what you see. So mm-hmm. they automatically want to like beat themselves up, right? So the next the next stage of, of your healing is the acceptance part, right? Like, right. You have this awareness. Okay, great. Now let's accept what it was. Mm-hmm. Let's accept who you were because you needed to be that person. There is no wrong partner. You didn't pick a wrong partner because everybody was right for you for where you were. Right. Right. So then from there, it's having compassion and unconditional love for yourselves. And I say selves because we have so many different selves, right, that we go through and evolve. And instead of pushing them away because they were, like I had said earlier, they were less than or mm-hmm. they caused us problems. We actually want to bring them in and love them and give them the compassion that they need because that's all they knew. And they did the best with what they knew. And from there is where you have such a huge shift where you're not judging, you're not using should, you know, you're not shooting all over yourself anymore. Right. And instead you're just embracing and integrating. So like I have, you know, this integration meditation that I absolutely love where you just take your past selves, you know, each one and you integrate them into like who you are today and you're loving them. I love that it's like, it's yourself and it's, it's like, by separating yourselves, you make yourself a bigger story and like you get yes. to look at the smaller pieces. I love that. Okay. Yes. So you, what did you say? It's an interacting with yourselves. What is it? So it's an, it's an integration selves meditation. Integration. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because that allows you to fully accept each self and learn their role for you and give them love and compassion and bring them a part of you instead of pushing them away. And it's so empowering and and women love when they get to do this part because they just completely integrate themselves into one. Yeah. Right. And and they feel full and whole and complete and they're no longer hating (laughs) these past selves. Like I know when I was, you know, younger and I was in that abusive relationship, I wanted to push her away. Like I wanted Mm -hmm. nothing to do with that self, you know, because I was like, how could you tolerate this? You know, it made me feel dirty. Like I didn't like the idea of it, you know? So for a long time, I wanted to just push her away. And then I had to love her and bring her in and yeah. embrace her. Cause obviously if she chose that she was hurting. Right. Right. And I, I think it's also, it must've been so healing for you. You know, we all have moments of our lives where we think back on it and we're ashamed of something that we did or Mm -hmm. we're embarrassed about the way that something went or the way that maybe it looked from the outside. And when you can learn to love those parts of you, it's like the best ever. It's so (laughs) like you just, you can sleep better. You can engage with yourself and with other people better. It's like the best. (laughs) You're so right. And you know what starts to happen? Like what's the best is that the more you start to accept you, all of a sudden, everybody around you just accepts you. Like, totally. you know, it's a reflection. So once you start integrating and accepting those selves, 
everybody loves all of yourselves and the piece of you and you see it in your in your physical world right I think it also starts to matter less because when you love yourself more you find ways to trust your own opinion a little bit better and you know we have this quote and this is like one of my little mantras that I like to say to myself (laughs) that you know nobody's opinion of me matters as much as my own and you know we we all live in the same world but there's so much that goes on with every individual person and even though we're interacting with each other in life we really all have our own universes and you know there's yeah. There's like a, a saying that like when a person dies, a whole universe dies with them mm-hmm. and that each person is like their own world. And so yep. when you strengthen your own world and, and you find more courage to kind of stand on your own feet, not only are people going to, you know, reflect positivity back to you, but when they don't, it's going to matter less because you're more confident in your own perception of yourself. Yes. And you know what? That is like the key to being vulnerable. So for so long, when you're, you know, you're emotionally unavailable, right? Mm -hmm. You are protecting yourselves, right? right? So you're protecting like your little girl self that, that, you know, had less than you want everybody to know she had. You're protecting your teenage self that was, didn't measure up the way that you wish she had. So you're protecting all, you know, these selves from other people Mm -hmm. because you're trying so hard to maintain that perfection and you're so vulnerable because you accepted it. So it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Like I could tell you anything about my life because I've come to terms with it and integrated it and accepted it. But if I was still hiding, I wouldn't want to be on a podcast or or Mm -hmm. tell my stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'd be scared of being judged. Right. And I think it really, it empowers you so much to find that love for yourself and it leads to being able to find love in other places. So we should take a really quick break and then we'll come back and we can talk about how you can find love from outside of your own selves. (laughs) Yes, perfect. (laughs) Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Nicole. I'm just having the best time talking with you, Nicole. It's always such a treat. And I just think you have the best perspective on stuff. (laughs) So (laughs) we could go on and on and on. But this is about self-love, not about Nicole and Audrey love. So let's focus. (laughs) So, okay, I want to know, we're talking about how self-love can also not just lead to, you know, a happier you with all of the different parts of who you are, but also how self-love can put you in a position where you can find romantic love and all other kinds of love in your life. So how does somebody know that she is ready to commit herself to love or that she's open to love? Like we talked about healing. What kinds of things do you think people should be aware of when they're ready to get into a real relationship again? People will say to me, you know, 
should I be dating or should I not be dating during this process as we're working together, right? That's so interesting. I didn't even think about that. I know because <laughs> it makes sense when you think about it. Like if I'm supposed to be just dedicating, you know, self-love, yeah. like should I just completely, you know, put blinders on to everyone mm-hmm. else? And here's the thing. So a lot of where I learned what needed to be healed within myself was through partners and mm-hmm. romantic, you know, relationships. So sometimes you need like what they're offering, because remember, we have soul contracts. So somebody's supposed to come into our life to teach us something, right? Right. So I always tell them to go off of what they feel. You know, there were times when I completely took a break, you know, a hiatus from dating and I wanted nothing to do with it. And I just worked on me. And then there were other times where I was like, okay, let me try this dating thing, blah, blah, blah. And what I started to do is get excited about when I started to date someone new, I was excited because I got to see like who I was and where I needed more growth, let's say, or how far my healing came Uh by what was being brought out with me from that exchange and that relationship. You know what I mean? Right. So they teach us romantic relationships are probably the, you know, biggest ways that we learn a lot about who we are because it's often not always a reflection, you know, mirror Mm -hmm. for what's going on within ourselves. Right. So I don't want to ever say like, you know, you've made it, you've arrived. Now let's go date, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like it never really looks like that. It looks, it's a process. So like I had a client that I was working with that was engaging with someone that was, you know, for a while, like way less than ideal of, you know, who she knows she deserved and Mm -hmm. everything that we were working on. And, and she was like, it's so hard for me to just cut him out. Should I just get rid of him? Blah, blah, blah. And Ultimately, like, yeah, the the perfect answer would be yes, cut him out because he's taking up space energetically for the right person to come in, right? Mm-hmm. But I always say, like, let's say his name was Joe, right? Like, when you're ready to be done with Joe, you'll be done with Joe. Like, yeah, you might have a lesson in there that you're not done with. Mm-hmm. And you need to see that. So what happens is as we're working together and as I was working on my own healing, I was amping up the self-love and I was starting to take stances for my little girl. Wasn't accepting less than I deserved anymore, blah, blah, blah. That's all raising your vibration. Self-love is the highest vibration you can be. So when you're doing that, it falls off eventually because it's no longer a match and you no longer need what you used to need because you've healed those parts of you. Yeah. I'm thinking about what kinds of things we need from people and what we need from ourselves and what we were saying earlier about how when you develop a stronger sense of self-love, what other people reflect back to you is less important. And so I'm thinking about this client you're talking about. She was involved with somebody who was like not giving her what she deserved, but like maybe, you know, if he's not hurting her, if she feels like she can see the big picture. And in the meantime, you know, Joe is scratching her itch until until the next guy comes (laughs) along. And and like you, you're still living in your worth. It's like, maybe it's not quite the same thing as, as like love, and it's not necessarily in the way. And, And back to the original question that I was, I was asking you about, like, do you, when do you know that you're ready? I guess it's almost like, I don't know if you can really know that you're ready, because Maybe you're ready, but the the person who you're gonna be with isn't ready yet. And like, yes. you know, it's not it's not just about are you ready? It's yes. <laughs> it's like a million <laughs> other factors. 
But, you know, in the meantime, is it something that that hurts you? Or is it something that like exactly what you were saying? Are you going to have things that you can learn from it? And like, I think it's okay if all you're learning is like, I'm having fun, and I deserve to have fun. Like that's self love, too. Yes, you're right, though. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't look a certain, right. you know, a specific way. But I would imagine that it does look a certain way when you're like definitely not ready. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you have, you know, pure chaos in your life, if you feel like a victim, mm-hmm. if you are, you know, blaming the outside world for your circumstances, if you are, you know, just attracting one unhealthy relationship after another and you basically don't like yourself, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know that, then no, yeah, that's step. You're definitely not engaging in self-love. Right. That's the opposite of what it actually starts to look and feel like, even in the very beginning stages. I'm all about self-love and all I want to do is have everybody who, you know, listens to the podcast is in our Facebook group, follows us on Instagram. I want to help them find self-love and I want them to be, you know, happy with who they are. But I think that so much of what, we're missing, not you and me, we do a great job, but (laughs) the internet, (laughs) you know, you see like these memes and quotes and all these things that go around and like basically any Taylor Swift song that's just about, you know, like I deserve love, I deserve love, I deserve love. And like, it's, it's like, there's so much more. I think what you were just saying is like, I think it's probably the most important lesson about all of this, that like, if you are not ready to be happy, you're just not going to be happy. Exactly. Exactly. You could lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the truth. So my clients, I have to always honor where they are and meet them where they are. So if you want to go in circles for a month that we're working together, Mm -hmm. because you still didn't get the lesson, and I'm going to honor that space and I'm going to be there and we're going to walk through it together. Yeah. And I think like what you said about circles, like that's a real thing. And sometimes you just got to keep going around that circle and believe that eventually you're going to end up at a different spot. Yes. Well, we were, it was funny. We were saying yesterday, one of my clients or a couple of days ago, we were like saying how the universe works, right? So mm-hmm. the universe will quietly nudge you, you know, like this needs to be healed and you're not mm-hmm. getting the lesson. Then you'll get like maybe like a harder tap, you know, mm-hmm. like something else will happen. And then when you're not getting that one, you'll get hit over the head with something. <laughs> yeah. A piano <laughs> you know, will fall like, on you from the side. Yes. Yeah. Like, are you listening now? Do I have your attention now? Yeah. And then if you're not getting it then, then even something bigger will, mm-hmm. will happen, you know, a natural disaster, like yeah. until it gets your attention. You had a natural disaster. You, that's what that's what I yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> you told us about like it was the blizzards, right? When you it were pursuing the divorce, the hurricanes when you were pursuing yeah. your divorce. Yeah. So yep. go back and listen to the first episode that we had Nicole on if you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> yes, yeah, just yeah. that's why I love you. You really pay attention to me. <laughs> well, I I can't help it. I find you fascinating. Um <laughs> But I think, you know, I think it's really important that idea that like if you're, you know, reading a quote or hearing a podcast or whatever it is, like sometimes it takes more than one go and it takes a while to really learn it and feel it. You can hear the same things over and over again and eventually it'll click. And, you know, I like to think of 
of how life is full of ups and downs. And when you're in a down moment, it's really hard to see the big picture. But like Mm -hmm. where you are now is not where you've been before. And it's certainly not where you're going to be for the rest of your life. And and that's an important thing when you feel like self-love isn't happening for you. Like it's a process. It is. That is like the most important part is that like I always say, like like you were like this for 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that in two months, like, it's going to completely reverse. You're just going to be this brand new woman. Like, no, it's going to take you a little bit of time to reverse the old patterns, to integrate new beliefs into your subconscious mind and believe them. Right. Right. So it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Like, you know, we were saying the other day, like one of the biggest phrases we've been saying in my group and like with my clients is like, this shit works because they get to a place and all of a sudden they're, they're repeating back to me. The mm-hmm. things that I've been telling them, right? It's so and then I just gratifying. look at them and laugh. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, this shit really does work. Like, oh my God. I was like, I've been telling you that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just love communities like that. It's really the best. It's the best. <laughs> so I want to – you and I can just go on and on forever. So I want to make sure that we talk a little <laughs> bit more about the love in your life and and finding a partner. And yes. I have a little quote here from one of the articles that you've written for Worthy. It's called Four Steps to Attract the Love You Deserve. And in this article, you're talking about when you attract love that you don't deserve, love that's not really worthy of you. So here's mm-hmm. what you wrote. You said – We must heal from the inside out and begin to understand why we are attracting the wrong partners. We are all powerful beings with the capability of manifesting our greatest desires, but if our beliefs and thoughts are not in alignment with our desires, then we will fail at bringing our desires into fruition each time. So let's talk a little bit about that, about, you know, what it means when you're attracting the wrong partners and and what people who feel like they're stuck in that pattern can try doing differently. Right. So like, you know, people will say, we'll analyze, you know, beliefs and they'll be Mm -hmm. like, you know, I think love is safe or they don't realize that as a child, they saw their parents fighting all the time, Mm -hmm. that there was divorce, you know, or they, and it wasn't a pretty divorce, you know, they were, they hated each other. And they heard dad saying that, you know, just don't get married and mom saying, stay away from, you know, men, they're bad, blah, blah, blah. You don't realize that you have this in the background, right? Because you grow up and you, you're forming your own, you know, systems and, and you're putting them in place, but you don't realize that they're there in the background. So you start to date and you're like, okay, like this, you know, you think, you think it's just by chance and you're just like, oh, me, this guy looks cute. Like, you know, and you start to have a relationship with him and you engage with him and all of a sudden you're looking at your outside world and you're like, you start to realize that what you think you believe And what is being manifested in your physical world is completely out of alignment, right? Mm -hmm. So you're getting in front of you a man that is cheating on you and that love doesn't feel safe with. Mm -hmm. But you think, of course, I think love is safe. Like, why wouldn't I think love is safe? And you're not awake yet, right? Uh And then all of a sudden, you start to realize, well, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, I guess when I was growing up, like I didn't realize I was so little, like I didn't think I even thought about it. Yeah. But, you know, like mom was doing this and, you know, dad was saying that and that's what I saw. And, and you know, not just that. I mean, you referenced Jerry Maguire. Like that's not your parents. It's not like real people who yeah, are in your life. But like, <laughs> yeah, like it, it's, you know, and especially like you think about the way that love is portrayed in 
you know, the movies or the TV shows, mm-hmm. even the books that we read, like maybe you're, you're thinking it, it looks like something that it doesn't feel like, or there's a disconnect yes. and, you know, it, it, there's so many different ways that love can get convoluted for each person and, yep. and working through that can take time. Yeah. And that's why I always say like, you get your beliefs from like, you know, your parents, your friends, your teachers, mm-hmm. like, you know, church, like society and everything in between. Right. Right. So the funniest part is like, what do we always tend to watch? Right. Like movies where like love is a struggle. Right. And they have uh-huh. to fight to be together. And then at the end, they finally get to be together. And it's like, but they had to go through hell to get there. Mm-hmm. That's what society portrays in movies. Right. Right. And then the hell, the hell ends. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the heavens lift and now we could be together. But like, yeah. so what is that teaching you? Well, but that's also when the movie ends, right? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, does anybody want to watch just like real good, healthy love yeah. <laughs> instead of like the struggle and the hell that you have to right. get to get there? Right. But that's what we take on and that's what we watch, right? So mm-hmm. you're watching this as like a little girl and it's penetrating into your subconscious. Yeah. Like love is a struggle. <laughs> so right. what do you create? You create these relationships where love is a struggle and you have to fight to be together and you yeah. want to, and you see it in the ending of a movie, they end up together. So this is just what we have to go through to be together. And it's going to yeah. be that much greater. It's also, it's not just like silly romance. It's like things that you hear people say all the time, like behind every great man is a woman who's supporting him. And like, yes. all, just like all these things that that are kind of reinforced about how you can you can change a man or you can save a man or you're the girl who's going to change him whatever it is like it's yep and you could rescue him right exactly yep and like think about when you're little right it's funny my daughter said this to me the other day she said something about i can't remember who said it to her but like something about like just be careful cuz guys only want one thing uh-huh right so you're this you know 16 year old girl believing that Basically, guys are pigs and they suck, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you have to protect yourself, right? right? Because if they only want one thing, then they can't possibly ever like me for who I am, right? Mm-hmm. So this is being instilled and I had to like reverse that with my daughter and talk about it a little bit yeah. like, well, well, no, not necessarily. <laughs> like, you know, not every guy is like that. And to talk about like different examples of great guys, you mm-hmm. know, but that's what I know. I was told that as a little girl, you know, that guys only want one thing and you learn to not trust men. And then you have that in your subconscious and what do you attract? But men that just want one thing. Right. You know, we don't realize where we're getting these things from. So people are like, well, how do I know what my beliefs are? Blah, blah, blah. I always say, look at your outside world. As a matter of fact, we're in the middle of fly girl right now. Uh We just, you know, had our first session and that was one of the things they had to do was they had analyzed, you know, their beliefs around love, men, marriage, and themselves. Okay. So they're like, you know, how do I know? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm, look at your outside world. What mm-hmm. have you created? And then it's like an instant light bulb moment. Like, holy shit, I need some work. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's how you know that there's that discrepancy yeah. between what you say you want and what you're getting. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've said this a few times, but it's like sometimes this is just stuff that's like inside you. It might be a little bit out of your control and it's, you know, a result of everything that you've been exposed to in your life. Yep. And and I think that one of the best things about self-love is 
you know, really unpacking every piece of who you are, the good and the bad and knowing it. And then that really leaves you with the tools to move forward and have a healthy relationship with yourself, a healthy relationship romantically. And, you know, I, I've mentioned it in interviews with other people now. I just, I love the way that you talk about your kids and about the way that your divorce kind of set a good example for them about yeah. living in your worth and knowing that you deserve love, that you're worthy of love mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. happiness. I think that's a, that's like a really important piece of this too. And it, it goes back to what we were saying about how when you're confident with yourself, other people will like you more too. They'll, you yeah. know, their, their own doubts about you are kind of silenced by the ways Your that confidence. you're sure of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I think one of the things that can be hard about this for people is that, you know, there are – there are guys who only want one thing or right. <laughs> like there are there are like bad guys out there just like there's bad bosses there's there's bad women yeah, yeah there's like, bad women there's bad yeah. friends there's you know there's bad bank tellers <laughs> like yes. you it's not like once you find self love everybody who you're going to interact with in your life is is also going to be enlightened and and wonderful right, <laughs> so, right. I think like we're going to have to wrap up soon, but I want to make sure that we talk about what to do when you're alone. Okay, so I'm going to read you a little something. This is being alone does not equate to being lonely. Being alone Mm -hmm. creates growth and allows you the chance to get to know yourself. And this is something that you wrote in another Mm -hmm. article you did for Worthy called How to Be Alone Without Being Lonely. So I really want you to talk a little bit about that and about like what people can keep in mind while they're waiting for – a wonderful relationship to be a part of their life. Right. So that's the scariest part of when you're getting a divorce. I know for me, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was getting a divorce, it was the first time that I was alone in 35 years because even though there was a ton of love in my family, it was a typical overbearing Italian household, right? right. Like where, you know, you're not really encouraged necessarily to explore yourself, let's say, and, and really embrace like your freedom. Okay. So I went from that then to, you know, a crazy controlling relationship when I was, you know, 17 to 19, then I was married, you know, from actually the 19 to 35. (laughs) And it was the first time that like, I was actually really alone every other weekend. Yeah. And I'll never forget like the feeling of jumping out of my skin of like, what do I do with my life, my time? Like, who am I? (laughs) Who am I besides a mom and, and a wife? Right. Like, yeah. And that was the first time that I was actually having to deal with this. You know, somebody was just writing like almost word for word what you're saying in the Facebook group this week. I saw somebody, yeah, I saw somebody saying the same thing. Like I'm 38 years old and I have no – like, who am I? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. This is, like, something I think a lot of people can really relate to. Like, we learn, basically, that self-love is selfish. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, like, you know, you're taught – you put your family first and your kids' needs first and blah, blah, And we do that. You know, that's what society teaches us. That's what we learn. And then we do that for however long we're married. And then we're alone. And we're like, um, hmm, I have to explore myself. Like, I have some freedom. Shit. And a lot of people will ruin that and they'll yeah. they'll end up, you know, sabotaging that because they don't know how to deal with the freedom. Right. So I made a pact with myself to learn how to be alone <laughs> without being lonely. Mm-hmm. And 
it wasn't an easy thing and I had to figure out how to do it. So I'll never forget. Like, I remember I would wait for like my friends to be able to do something, right? Like, okay, at least I know this Friday's filled up, you know, or like that's Sunday. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe I can go to a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend's birthday party. Okay, good. That Sunday is now filled (laughs) up. Like, (laughs) yeah. And then I was like, okay, Nick, like you can't do this anymore. Like you need to learn how to have fun and enjoy your own company, like by yourself. Right. So what I did was, I remember I was at work one day and I created this like little pocket list, I called it, instead of like a bucket list, because mm-hmm. I always thought bucket list sounds like you're dying, you know? <laughs> so I was like, let's a do pocket a pocket list. list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and in there, what I would do was I would put like anything I saw that I wanted to try. Yeah. So you know, if I saw a billboard with something and it looked interesting, I put it on there yeah. and then I would research it. You know, there's another column for like, I'd research how it's much like, was it's it. It's like your watch later list on Netflix yeah, for life. <laughs> You're so right. That's what it is. Yeah. And then I would put like, you know, if I tried it and if I liked it and I reflect, right. So I just basically created like an ongoing little list of like mm-hmm. things I can do yeah. when I'm alone. And then what I started to do was I started to just connect with myself. And like in that, I didn't feel alone, right? Mm-hmm. So when I started to like connect to something bigger and greater besides for just me by like meditating or, um, you know, like I always talked about my in the last podcast, and I saw my random feathers and my numbers. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that like, okay, I'm actually not alone. Like I could breathe, like just thinking about it, I'm breathing. Like, I'm like, okay, I remember this feeling like I'm being guided. Somebody's with me. Yeah. And then I I had to remember like that I'm being supported no matter what right now. I'm where I'm supposed to be Uh because otherwise I wouldn't be here. So the universe is going to support me. And I would literally put a reminder in my phone. I still have it till this day. Every single day at five o'clock PM, I get a reminder on my phone that the universe supports me. That's so sweet. I needed it. Like yeah. it was just, you know, an instant reminder. You know, it's not just that the universe supports you. It's also, you know, we talked about all these different selves and when you can learn to rely on those selves and, and all of the different messages that that can reinforce for you. I mean, that's also different than being alone. Yes, you're so right. Absolutely. All right. So I think I think we're going to have to wrap up. But I want to before I let you go, I want to congratulate both of us for doing a whole episode about self-love without saying the cliche about putting your mask on on the airplane before helping your children. So funny. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like people just can't resist the need. You know, it's like funny. So first, good on us for that. So cheers to us. <laughs> right. Cheers. I love me and I love you. That's self-love too. So, <laughs> but I also, I think that self-love as an idea, like this concept is is probably every single person has lived most of their life without this kind of awareness. And it's, you know, one of the things that we, we really made a point of saying in this episode is that it it's not something that happens overnight and you have to give yourself time to do it. So what... What would you say is like, for people who are listening, what's like one thing that they can add? Maybe it's that notification on their phone, but like what what would you recommend people do to start start on a journey of self-love? Set the intention mm-hmm. first and foremost, right? That you are open 
to understanding what self-love looks and feels like and that you really want to try this out. Yeah. And in that, the universe will lead the way and will provide opportunities for you. So, you know, take yourself on a date. Go to the movies alone. Go to breakfast alone. Uh Walk the beach alone. Whatever that is, start to get comfortable being uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, that is the best that is the best way to start to set the intention. And then you're going to start to take little actions, small steps Mm -hmm. in that direction. Like for me, you know, I flew to the other side of the world to Australia (laughs) because I needed to prove to myself that I could do it and that I could be alone and I'll be okay. (laughs) You don't have to be that drastic. (laughs) (laughs) You could, you could also go to space if you want to take it to the next level. (laughs) Seriously, you could start small, but (laughs) Spend that time alone with yourself because in that, you're really going to really like you. Mm -hmm. And I always say, like, self-love is great, but it's so awesome when, like, part of it is that you really like yourself. And you come back feeling, like, so connected to you and you want to share that self with other people. Yeah. And I think that's contagious. Like, you know, we were saying people will like you more when you like yourself. That's what it is. It's like you radiate this positivity and you value things about yourself and it makes it more obvious to other people what they should value about you. You know, if you go around talking about how there's this drama, there's that drama, or things are so hard with this person, like you're filling your life with negativity. And if you you can Mm -hmm. take the time to identify the positive things about who you are and what makes you special – That's what other people are going to think about when they think about you too. Absolutely. Because remember, like life is a mirror. (laughs) So, you know, what what you're going to get back is always going to be or most of the time going to be a reflection of Mm -hmm. who you are. Well, I hope anyone who's listening feels like who they are is worthy and wonderful and is excited about getting to know their selves better and If they want some help doing that, Nicole, where can they find you? So on Facebook, you can follow me at Nicola Matoro. I'd love for you all to join my group, Manifest Love Through Self-Love. In there, I do video trainings every single night on different topics around self-love. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Nicola Matoro. My website is NicolaMatoro.com, so I make it pretty easy. <laughs> and we'll make it even easier. We'll have her stuff over at worthy.com slash podcast. And Nicole, we love having you in our Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce. Yes. So uh, if you're not ready to commit to Nicole, you can search her name there and see some of the amazing things that she's sharing. And I, I'm sure you'll find her as irresistible as I do. So, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much for joining me again. And, you know, you're always welcome. And I just, I love learning from you. And I'm just so excited to bring your positivity and your wholeness to our listeners. Aww. Thank you so much. Yeah. I absolutely adore being with you in your presence and with Worthy. Oh, uh, thanks. So thank you all. Thanks again to Nicole for joining us and to all of you for listening. Next week, we'll be sitting down with Vicki Ziegler. You might remember her from Untying the Knot, her show on Bravo from a couple of years ago. And if you do, you're probably as big of a fan of hers as we are. Vicki is an incredible divorce attorney, female entrepreneur, and media personality whose relationship advice is practically unparalleled. We are so excited to have her on and to share her best advice with you and talk about how divorce is portrayed in pop culture. 
Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how much you want to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. Go to worthy.com podcast to learn more.